Changed by Love is the teaching ministry of Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Our desire is to teach the Word of God with passion and simplicity, as well as a direct application for our lives. With that in mind... Maybe today you need to return to that place of standing fast, of joyfully fighting for the gospel. Paul saying to the church, these two women were on the front lines. Maybe they were still sitting there in the church. Maybe they had left. They were so upset. They were so hurt. They were once evangelizing with the apostle Paul. They were once bringing people to church but they weren't anymore. Pastor Jim will teach today how to fight the good fight. We will study the event of a fight inside a church in the New Testament and how two women who were once strong in their faith, little by little, drifted away. They caused division in the community and maybe weren't even around anymore. However, instead of bringing up their fight, Paul highlights how they were once his helpers. They were once fighting for God and not fighting with each other. How important is it that we stay firm and finish well? With that in mind, here's Pastor Jim in the book of Philippians with part three of his message entitled, Joyful Fighting. If there is any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded. Having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Verse three, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, Let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. And so here the apostle is pointing us all in the same direction. What is he saying when he says stand fast? What is he talking about these two ladies? He's saying live out, chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. Live out the priorities of the word of God. Live out the priorities of the cross of Christ. Live out the priorities of the good news of the gospel. He's telling us it's more important to put the needs of others before our own agenda. And I think in a very nice way, he's saying to us, sometimes we just have to drop it. We just have to drop it. There's always going to be something wrong. Trust me, I know more things wrong with this church than all of you put together. Trust me. But you know what? My opinion and our opinion has to die. It has to be crucified to the word of God. Churches will always have problems because churches hopefully will always have people. But the complication of people can be overcome by the grace of God. Number three, we move from a command, stand fast, stay firm, don't quit, hang in there, to a complication, people, people, to a companion. Number three, verse three, and I urge you also, true companion. Well, if you want to waste another three hours, I could give you some books to read on who's the true companion. We don't know. Perhaps the person who's reading the letter Perhaps the person who received the letter could be Epaphroditus, could be any, people say it's Paul's wife, if he even had a wife. We don't know. 
Bible students, you may want to note that sometimes the person is not named because it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, you have the unnamed servant. (laughs) This could be the unnamed servant or certainly operating in the power of the Holy Spirit. He says, and I urge you also, true companion, help these women who labored with me in the gospel. Some of your versions say they contended with me side by side. What were these two women at one time doing with him? Fighting with him for the gospel. He says, help these women who labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and the rest of my fellow workers, and note this, whose names are in the book of life. And so here, the apostle Paul calls for a mediator, presumably a leader in the Philippian church, someone he considers to be a true companion to step in and help these women. Remember back in chapter one, verse 27, he said, stand fast in one spirit. So he's telling this person, this companion, this mediator, he says, help these women stand fast in one spirit. But notice what the apostle Paul stresses here. He didn't stress what the disagreement was, did he? He stresses there was a time when these two women were joyfully fighting together in the gospel. They were joyfully side by side, excited about what the Lord was doing. But now, for whatever reason, if they were there from the beginning, maybe 10 years of doing church, they were beginning to get a little lukewarm. They were becoming a little bit nominal. They didn't have the fire that they once had before. So here the apostle says, we need to get those women back to that place. Friend, let me challenge you. Today, how was your fire for the Lord? Is it burning the way it was 10 years ago? Is it burning more than it was 10 years ago? Five years ago? One year ago, three weeks ago, and maybe today you need to return to that place of standing fast, of joyfully fighting for the gospel. Paul saying to the church, these two women were on the front lines. Maybe they were still sitting there in the church. Maybe they had left. They were so upset. They were so hurt. They were once evangelizing with the Apostle Paul. They were once bringing people to church, but they weren't anymore because now they were only coming every other week. Now they were only coming once a month. Or now there was fighting in the church. There was tension. And they were no longer fighting for the good of the gospel. One one time, they were serving the church wholeheartedly. At one time, they were objecting Why am I not on the schedule every week? Now they're saying, why am I on the schedule at all? Losing the fire. No longer burning for the things of God. And friend, we must pray for such people because I have learned this, that those who serve hard on the front lines for a long time for Jesus Christ are exposed to problems and trouble and things that the uncommitted and half-hearted Christian never will be. And it is very difficult 
It really teaches you that you need the Lord more than you ever dreamed or more than you ever imagined. But friends, notice this. When we stop fighting side by side, we quickly lose our focus on the mission, don't we? And then it becomes easy to start fighting with one another. When we stop laboring alongside with our brothers and sisters, it becomes easy to become independent, doesn't it? It becomes easy to become a cowboy Christian of which there is no such thing in the Bible. It becomes easy to start to become critical. And eventually, you drop out. All the while, you're blaming someone else. I say this with all love. If that's you, you are being deceived. You think that you're right. And the devil is laughing. Because he's got you just where he wants you. Critical. Compromising. And nominal. And not only does he want to do that with you, he wants you to take others with you. And maybe some of us are there or maybe some of us have friends and we need to say, you know what, man, this is just not right. I love you, man. We once fought side by side. I want you to come back to my side to continue to fight. Not I'm going to go to your side to be nominal. I want you back on my side so we can fight Those who harbor ill feelings will in time lose their ministry. And here's the thing, loved ones. We lose our ministry long before we lose our ministry. We lose our effect for the kingdom of God long before someone takes it away or we realize we're there. And possibly even, not only will they lose their ministry, they'll lose their souls. They'll become bitter. And they'll be in that terrible place we talk about in ministry, on the shelf. The place where God's chief concern is not using them, but getting them to come back. And notice here the Apostle Paul, in this situation, he doesn't say, well, don't meddle. He doesn't say, mind your own business. He doesn't say, well, the Lord knows. Of course the Lord knows. He knows everything. He doesn't say, well, let God work it out. He calls the whole church to be involved. Not gossip. Not gossip. Not praying in gossip. But speaking the truth in love, which, why don't we be honest, it's very hard to speak the truth in love to somebody whose mind is made up. But notice, but notice, the Bible doesn't give us the option of saying that's our out. disagreements, and we will all have them, need to be worked out. And, but he gives us the parameter for working them out. He says, in the Lord. Work them out in his priorities. Not manipulation, but truth. Probably not via text. Probably not via email. Probably not in the hallway after service or as you're walking out to the parking lot. But to sit down as brothers and sisters and talk about them. 
You know, people are constantly saying to us here, uh, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? We're calling them like crazy. But here's the thing. Are we all in that fight? Think of the people that, that once sat next to you. Have you been reaching out to them or are you just leaving that up to the professionals? Problems need to be worked out in humility. In other words, the problems need to be worked out in the spirit of Philippians 2, God becoming a man. And see, that thought of Jesus dying on the cross has to affect our behavior if we're going to call ourselves Christians. And so the Philippian church must try to bring these women back to the priority of the gospel no matter what the problem is. And this is something I think that we have to realize that any gospel preaching church has to realize that it's made up of people, look at the end of verse three here, whose names are in the book of life. We're a family. Christians are a family. That's why we call each other brothers and sisters. You know, we, they used to say that, that in church, 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Do you know now? It's 5% of the people do 95% of the work. That is not a family. That is not a family. That is purchasing religious goods and services. That's not a family. But when we work together in the Lord, when we fight side by side, we can expect the Lord to do great things. Great things right in our midst to be able to be in church and be like, oh, shh, he's here. He's here. You, you see a brother or sister who kind of was once on the sidelines and all of a sudden you see them praying with someone, opening their Bible, reading the Bible to someone. Instead of coming once a month, they're here every week, they can't wait. Instead of just coming in and consuming, they're signing up and getting involved in serving. And then we go, look, look, Jesus walks with that man. Look, she walks with Jesus. This is what he's talking about here. Friends, if you're not involved, let me tell you without any, I'm not going to hold anything back. We need you. We need you. But don't say you're a servant if you're not a servant. Don't say you're available if you're not available. Don't say you want to get in the fight if you're not in the fight. And if you haven't been up till today, today is the day. Today is the day. Friends, there are no divisions in heaven. There's nobody serving the Lord in heaven going, you know, I don't like the way they run their ministry. There's nobody going, you know, I don't like the music. Harps are just not getting it done for me. No, there's none of that. There's none of that. Only complete unity. And one of the reasons, apart from the fact that we've forgotten God in the church, that we're no longer teaching the Bible, we're using the Bible to make our points. But one of the reasons why the church is not attractive to people, not this church, but the church in general, is that the unity of heaven is supposed to be represented by the people of God on earth and we're not modeling it for them. And I talk to a lot of people 
Anybody who will listen, you know that. And I talk to them, and sometimes they'll tell me what they saw, and I say, you know what? I don't blame you. That is a terrible example. But that's no excuse not to follow God. The great chapter on the resurrection, we just talked about the resurrection, the second coming last week. The great chapter on the resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15. Listen to how he closes the chapter, 1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We all need to say that, guys. We all, as a church and as individual Christians, we need to say that we are abounding in the work of the Lord. What does that mean? What does that mean? I can remember my dad saying to me, I remember one time in baseball, I knew the best pitcher in the league was pitching against us. And he said to me, you get up there and you take the best cuts you can and I will be proud of you. And do you know your heavenly father is like that? Get out there. Take your best cuts. So you strike out once in a while. That's okay. That's okay. But you'll never get a hit if you're sitting in the dugout. You know, that old thing, Peter, you're never going to walk on the water if you don't get out of the boat. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and move always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. God knows. God knows. And he doesn't judge it the way we do. I love what Revelation 21, 27 says about heaven. He says, but there shall by no means enter it anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie. Well, that tells us we need help to get to heaven, doesn't it? Did you ever tell a lie? You're not going then if you haven't trusted in Jesus. But only those who are written in the Lamb's book of life, only those names that are written in heaven's book. Serious question, serious question. Not trying to make anybody feel guilty. I want you to search your heart. Can you tell me without a shadow of a doubt today that your name is written in that book? Because I ask people all the time, you know, are you a Christian? They go, I'm trying. No, that's a bad answer. You either are or you're not. You've either put your trust in Jesus Christ and he has washed your sins clean and he has given you his righteousness or not. You don't try. It's something you are. There was a problem between these two ladies, right? So what did the apostle do? He sent a mediator to bring the two parties together. Friend, do you understand that we, humanity, have totally ignored God? That we've turned our back on him? That we're not united, that we're not fixing our lives according to the ways of God's word. And that's what the Bible calls sin. We're fighting with God. People say, oh, I'm not fighting with God. I'm cool with God. But God called them in the last chapter enemies of the cross if they think they're just okay with God. So there's a fight between God and man. And so what did God do? He sent a mediator. He sent a mediator. He sent someone to bring us to him. 
Not to bring him to us, to bring us to him. He came to us to bring us to him. John the Baptist called him the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. A true companion. The Lord Jesus Christ. And he will take away the sins and give his righteousness to anybody who will turn to God today and put their trust in him. You say, how do I know if I'm one of those people? Jesus said this, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. Search your heart. Am I denying myself? Or is it all about me? Am I taking up my cross daily and am I following the Lord? You say, who are these people? I love what he says here in verse 3. Look what he calls them. Clement. Anybody know who he is? I don't. And then he says, my fellow workers. We don't know who any of these people are, do we? But you better believe heaven knows who they are. Because their names are written in the book of life. Isn't it glorious that while earth doesn't even see who any of us are, doesn't even know we exist, God says, oh, they're in my book. And I know everything they do. And I know how they serve me. And I'm going to remember them. Well, who are they? They are those who have turned to God, put their trust in Jesus who are joyfully fighting side by side, not to be saved, but because they are saved. They're fighting side by side with Jesus Christ and with others for the kingdom of God. If you're here today and you're not in the fight, if you've never come to the place of trusting in Jesus, I pray that today would be the day you would do that. If you have trusted Jesus and you say, well, I'm a Christian, I think my name's in the book of life, but I can't say that I'm in the fight, would you please join us? Would you please join us in fighting together for the kingdom of God? If there was a day in your life when you once were fighting side by side, You are in it to win it. But you've drifted. You're not what you once were. You're not on fire for God. You're not excited. You woke up this morning and the thought of going to church was your dread instead of being so excited. Would you please come back? Would you please come back to the fight? And if you're in the fight, don't grow weary of doing good. Because while the world might not know your name, the Lord does. He sees everything. And especially to you people, I am so proud to be your pastor. I am so proud to labor with you And to fight the good fight week after week after week even when it seems like others are losing their steam 
and losing their fire. May we invite them back. And may we never, never, ever give up. May we stand fast in the Lord. Well, that concludes the teaching portion of today's broadcast of Changed by Love with Pastor Jim Kevney of Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, located in Dover, New Jersey. Join us next time as Pastor Jim continues teaching through the book of Philippians. You can learn more about Changed by Love and Pastor Jim by visiting our website. The web address is changedbyloveradio.com. Again, the web address is www.changedbyloveradio.com. Changed by Love exists because of the generous donations of our listeners, and we would like to ask all of our listeners who have never written us to preferably consider writing us today and let us know that you are listening to the broadcast. In fact, many of your letters are read to our congregation to encourage them in this ministry. You can write to us at Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. Once again, that's Calvary Chapel, Morris Hills, 158 West Clinton Street, Dover, New Jersey, 07801. You can also give us a call for more information, request resources, or for prayer at 973-659-3380. Once again, that's 973-659-3380. You can also send us an email to info at changedbyloveradio.com. If you are in the Morris County, New Jersey area, we would love to have you visit us. We are located in the center of Morris County on Route 15 South. That's all for today. Until next time, God bless you, and our prayer is that you too would be changed by love.